Another season of Forgotten Horror has come to an end, but as Field paraphrases Al Pacino from Send of a Woman, We're just getting warmed up! Spend the next few months with Forgotten Cinema as season seven kicks off with movies from all across the decade. We jump to the 70s to talk about the front page starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. We dive into the 80s with Michael Mann's Thief and the Dennis Quaid Meg Ryan thriller DOA. And then slice into Butler's childhood years, the 90s, with The Last Samurai and The Negotiator. That's right, Field. You're old. So very, very old. Shut up, Butler. Forgotten Cinema, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackle and Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about the history of the beer, what's in it, how it was made, the history of the brewery, along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Kraken When Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Pat Whalen. Pat is a lifelong comic book geek. And Mike is a filmmaker and storyteller. So naturally, a bulk of our conversations surround the world of the Marvel movies. Some consider the MCU one of the greatest achievements in modern day filmmaking, and others just think they're comic book movies. Each episode, we'll tackle one film and discuss the differences between the comic book and what's on screen. We'll explore the growth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from its inception to present day and beyond, and have a little fun along the way. You may not have asked for it. You certainly don't need it, but you'll be happy we're here. We think this is yet another MCU podcast. All right, we are back for our third and final bonus episode that took place between phases two and three. Yeah, so that's it. So next week we will return with two. We're going to start off our phase three. It's actually we're splitting phase three into two parts. So obviously part one and part two. Uh, and part one is going to start next week with Captain America Civil War. And we're going to be joined uh, with a guest next week. We are. Uh, it's yeah. going to be Paul Santos, our uh, the owner of Infinite Heroes Comic Shop, our, our sponsor in the recommended reading section. So uh, check that out, episode out next week. Uh, download, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Yeah, and uh, that's but that's next week. Right now, we are going to talk about we're going to talk about a movie that's not necessarily in the MCU, but it is a Marvel movie. <laughs> it is a Marvel movie. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Big Hero Six. That is a big favorite of my eight-year-old son, uh, who uh, actually uh, has a he actually had to go out and buy a Baymax, not the big life-size one, but just kind of look a little mini one that he plays with now. So um, I he's probably not going to listen to this episode, so, <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that anymore. So Big Hero Six. Came out on November 7th, 2014 at a runtime of 102 minutes. It's rated PG. Production budget of $165 million. It's opening weekend, it did $56 million. Domestic, $222 million. And worldwide, $657 million. Good stuff. Um, I wanted to point out something yeah, there go real ahead. quick. You said the budget was 165 Remember, I that's the magic number right that they had to hit on, on the original one. So they're still right in that, <laughs> in that, that range, even for the animated movie. Right, right. And this is a... Um, film that's partially owned by Pixar and Marvel together. So yes. Marvel is a part of it, and they they have the logo on the front. Do they have the Pages logo that they usually have in front of all the? I don't remember I, because I, they they yeah. redesigned the logo a couple times. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the red logo with the white lettering, and then they do the Disney logo as well. Right, Disney Pixar logo. 
Now you don't have many of the people that were behind this. They're not in, or they're not part of any a lot of the MCU movies. They're mainly uh, animated animators and stuff like that. that do animation films. You guys got Don Hall, and Chris Williams who directed, and they both did Moana. You had written by the guy who wrote March of the Penguins, Jordan Roberts. Uh, a couple of people who did Monsters University, Monsters Inc. The only person that is actually a, a part of this movie that is done other movies is Henry Jackman composed the music for this. Right, and we'll actually he's. He did Civil War, which you'll hear about us talking about Henry Jackman next week. I think I think we talk about it, um, and that's it. So you don't have you have no crossover there. Well, in terms of you know people behind the scenes being part of the MCU and this, um, so this is going to be a short one. Uh, we're not going to kind of give it the full treatment that we do the MCU movies, but uh, we will definitely start talking about some differences between the comic and the movie. Uh, since obviously you know already, there's no place in the MCU. <laughs> right. No, we'll, we'll skip past that. Uh, there's there's a couple there's a couple moments that we could 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 hit on there, but yeah, there's not right. a lot of a lot of full right. MCU connections. There's no Tony Stark popping up in this one. <laughs> well, do you like this movie? I do like this okay. movie. I this, like movie this movie is a lot. an Oscar winner. It won the anima- it won the best uh, uh, animation feature Oscar, uh, 2000. Well, this came up 14, so it was the 2015 Oscars. Uh, so this is, uh, and it is a very good movie. Uh, it's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of fun action, fun moments. There's some stuff that is, you know, I could do without T.J. Miller sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> it's soaking the rest of Hollywood at this Ooh, point. Regardless, so there is some things that you're just kind of like, eh, but it's for kids. But uh, I was surprised. One of the things that I was surprised at with this, well, actually, you know what? Why don't you, for people who don't know what Big Zero Six is about, I don't know if you want to break it down, uh, real quick. I mean, I can, but I'll screw it. I'll stumble through it. Yeah, so Big Hero Six. Obviously, we talked about it. It's primarily more kid focused movie. It's uh, about a young man, a boy genius hero, who uh, goes to university at an early age. Um, at the same time, his his brother gets killed in an accident in the lab. In order to deal with his grief, he he opens up his brother's science project, which is Baymax, a a healthcare providing robot. And through some some science shenanigans, they they turn him into a, a superhero fighting robot. And he, and he partners with all of uh, Hero's brother's friends, and they they form this team, Big Hero Six. And throughout the movie, they try to solve the mystery of who is stealing these nanobots right. and wrecking havoc around town. They don't give that guy a name, right? He's, I just always known him as the guy in the kabuki mask. They don't. Give him the name until they reveal who he is. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think I think they just call him Kabuki, Kabuki Mask Guy. Right, right, right. Um, and so you know, eventually you learn who the villain is. It, it's structured very much like a Scooby Doo mystery movie. Yep. There's some red herrings in there. Um, and then of course you know the bad guy would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for these <laughs> meddling kids. superhero kids. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it's a really fun movie. Really, it's it's a short, quick animated one, but it's yep. beautiful. It's gorgeous. Animation is is really solid, and and it's. It's a good good watch. Uh, it's sounds like it takes place in the future. It does. It takes place in 2032, which is not far off. But it's not really a future from the present that we're in. It's a future from an alternate present where in the 19 during the 1906 earthquake, San Francisco was rebuilt by Japanese immigrants using techniques to allow for movement and flexibility in seismic events. And then because it was called then it was called San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I think I said that right. Yes. Uh, because it's a combination between the architecture of America and Japanese. That's according to the art director of Scott Watanabe. So it's it, while it is in the future, it's not really our future. Right. But the world building that they do, I think, in, in setting up that San Francisco, yeah. that mix of, of Japanese and San Francisco cultures and 
you have the ear blimps coming in and, and there's a lot of really fun science stuff that has helped develop this town and, and you get the sense that you know this this stuff can't happen within the world that they built well it's also a, a world that puts a puts a higher commodity on emerging technology than you know self-interest which right. you know well, let's be honest i think we'd all like <laughs> moving forward <laughs> I mean, I don't get why we ever got away from that. But regardless, yet another political podcast. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. I just I like the furthering of our species as a, as a people. through science. Exactly. It's just yes. more. It's more exciting um, because I enjoy this movie as well. And I don't want to really go too deep until, you know, what about this part? Well, this part. But I do want to before we start talking about the differences, I do want to talk about the Stanley cameo. OK, <laughs> Because of course it's in there. It is. So he, there's a character in this, uh, Fred, who's played by T.J. Miller, and he's kind of like a rich kid who is he's a goofball. He is. He's a goofball rich kid who I don't even know if he's smart. He's just a rich kid. He hangs around with all the smart kids. Yeah. At first, you think he has no money. He, you know, he talks about how he wears his underwear inside, outside, inside again. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, and you think, yeah. and then they roll up to this giant mansion, and they're like, "What are we doing here?" He's like, "Oh, I live here." And they're like, "No, no, no, we can't go in here." <laughs> little moment but yeah. then we get in there and you're like okay yeah so you see a portrait on the wall and that's it's uh his father is is it, they don't say who his name is it's, just, it's stanley it's right this is likeness and then at the there's a after credit scene or mid credit scene where uh fred is like talking to the portrait and he pushes on it and then it opens up a, a room where i i guess the you, his then his father appears in Stanley, and you get the idea that Stanley is a, a superhero of some sort and secret agent, spy yeah, type thing, something, yeah. something, something to do with something like that. And and he he repeats the underwear line to Fred that um uh, that Pat just talked about, uh, and, and and that was it. So did you like that <laughs> the cameo? I I didn't really care. I thought I you know I didn't need the after credit sequence. I'm not surprised because I I was surprised that they didn't do. Uh, a second movie but it is a show on disney well it's on disney plus now but there's a show that on disney that's and it's yeah. popular so i think that's what happened yeah that's and that was the point i was going to bring up one of our instagram followers uh you could follow him at arguing with myself he pointed at that out that we wanted a and i agree with him would have liked to see a proper sequel um yeah. to this just you know they set up the the stanley secret agent thing and, and even with stanley's passing you could still make it a well, Fred's dad is missing yeah. and, and they have to go track him down or something. But I haven't watched the the Big Hero 6 show. Have you? No, I have not. But I know that my son has. So I, I've seen him, but I've never really watched yeah. it. It doesn't. It's a different style of animation. Right. Number one, um, I'm, I think some of the voices have returned, but not all of them. It'd be uh, hard to get some of like, like Maya Rudolph. I doubt would have no. come back. As, but as I know Scott Adson, who plays Baymax, is I think the two leads are the same. OK. But um, but I think everybody, everybody else. I, I want to say that the the woman who plays Honey Lemon, I think she is on the show as well. Okay. So there are some crossovers. But, but a lot of, to be fair, a lot of the people that are voices in the movie are professional voice actors. So you know, you right? Know, and the, I mean, it's a deep cast. Yeah. It, it, like we said, we had T.J. Miller, Maya Rudolph's in there, Alan Tudyk is in there, uh, Jamie Chung, and and Damon Wayans is you know. I think Tudyk's in the show too. Okay. Yeah. Because he plays the the rival who they kind of hint at that he might be the bad guy. Right. But then you find out that he's not the bad guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So um, I want to just. Oh, go ahead. Go. Know, go. Just to give another shout out to one of our followers on Instagram. And, and if you guys have comments, want to want to uh, send in your thoughts on the future movies, please 
you know, send us a message there. But a uh, good buddy of mine, Joe, uh, you can follow his cosplay adventures at Son of Rust Studios. Um, he pointed out that this is a, and they showed an accurate depiction of loss and grief in a kid's movie. And it wasn't just, you know, between the loss of, of Hero's brother and they already had started the movie where the two brothers were, were orphans, essentially living with their aunt. So, you know, and you see that with the relationship with, with Baymax and Hero. So I think that was a nice inclusion. And they didn't just sugarcoat it and say, like we've seen in some of the other Iron Man movies, you're a mechanic, you fix things, <laughs> get over your feeling. In this one, they actually had, you know, Hero in a state of depression, working his way out making friends, getting to understand what was actually causing it. I think that was a, you know, it's a subtle, it, it, I mean, it's the whole point of the movie, but they do it in a subtle way. Well, it's Pixar. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Pixar in a nutshell. They, they kind of, they, they've already shown that they can do that uh, in terms of like emotion and, and, and drawing characters well, not drawing in terms of, you know, actually physically drawing. I mean, drawing like, you know, showing them emotionally. Uh, and they do that with Inside Out as well because that deals with, uh, you know, a girl, kind of going through a change and yep. you know having to move and stuff like that. So no, I, I, it, that's not that I, that's a great point, but it's like, uh, my, my is like, they always do that. So yeah. I, that's what you expect now when you watch a movie like that and they do it well. And it's got a nice ending. Pixar movies always end like, well, I don't know what it is, but they always have like, even like, like monsters Inc. Like how that at the ending of that, yeah. when the door opens I like this. And, and obviously when Baymax recognizes he, he, because Baymax gets wiped out or the chip gets it's lost. Yeah. And then when he shoots the he the Baymax that he is with, his version is in the porthole. And then he gives him the hand and he and it fires him. But when he opens up the hand, he realizes it has his um I guess memory chip. Yeah, like, uh, like, right. So that there's a piece where they head into an alternate dimension type thing. Uh, an alternate dimension. Alternate dimension. Can we can we get that into future movies? But uh, okay, is this the way to get the the big hero six team? into the mcu proper but yeah so <laughs> what earth are they on you know you, you kind of know as the viewer what's going to happen you know there's in but even then it, it still hits home and right. it's still emotional when it does happen and you see that that glimmer of hope in, in hero's eyes and so when he builds baymax back up it's reflective of when his brother was building and testing him. right so it's a nice come full circle with the two characters and um you know even though Hero loses Baymax like he had with his brother and his parents. He is able to, you know, put that aside and and work with his his friends and and kind of kind of put it all together again. Right, right. So as a as a segue to the differences, unless you had anything else, no, I, I wanted to ask you about my one of my notes because I don't know if it's a, a I don't know if this note is about a comic or it's about a TV show or whatever, but. That the film shares similarities with the '80s Marvel title Spitfire and the Troubleshooters. I have no idea what Spitfire. Oh my god! You are the. Whole, I don't understand. I don't know if you understand this, Pat. But the whole point of this podcast is that you are supposed to bring all the Marvel uh, comic knowledge with you, and I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you what it is right now. Go for it. So we'll just cut out all the other stuff. Well, I don't know if I will do that, but all right. uh, no, Spitfire and the Troubleshooters. It was a comic from the mid late eighties only ran 13 issues. Um, I, I guess they've, they've put in um, pieces of it in later comics uh, here and there since then. But yeah, there's a big red armored, more alien creature than anything, but he's kind of the big bulky kind of Baymax looking uh, okay. character. So yeah, it's, 
So in the original Big Hero 6 comic, Baymax, in terms of wearing that armor, it does not exist? Not that ex- uh, not that armor um, specifically. So in in to give you some background on the Big Hero 6 team, they've really only been in maybe at most 30 issues total. They've headlined, I think, two series, and, and one of which has, has five issues, the other one had three. So they're not a popular group. And, and for whatever reason, Marvel hasn't done a lot with them. When we talk about you know other characters, Iron Man, Captain America, I think Captain America is in like 40 issues a year. Okay. And so that, that hopefully puts that a little bit into perspective. But the first um, Big Hero 6 team essentially is, uh, to, to use a comparison that we might all know, is, is almost like the Japanese Suicide Squad. So the first team had um, a Silver Samurai, who was a Wolverine villain antagonist, Slash, he was a bodyguard for some Hydra agents. And so he led the team. There was another character called uh, Sunfire. He was a mutant from Japan. And he was able to kind of absorb radiation. So think atomic bombs. Right. Um, and then you had Honey Lemon, who was the gadget, you know, inventor person. And uh, Go Go Tamago, who mm-hmm. was Jamie Chung's character in this film. The, the, she's the, the, the one with the, the wheels. The yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. And so she, her there's a there's a change with hers because when she, kind of shouts out her name, she, almost like surrounds herself in like a fiery blast and can can shoot at other people. Okay. But she was in prison when she was 18, and they they said if you go and join this team, we'll, we'll you know, commend your sit or whatever. Uh, Expunge your record. Commu- yeah, commute commute your uh your sentence there. So, uh, it's a little bit more um. Suicide Squad than okay. anything, and, and Hero later joins when his I think it was his mother who got kidnapped by the antagonist of the original series, and he builds Baymax, and Baymax is a robot similar to the one that we have here, well more robot s than the big, you know, jelly <laughs> healthcare provider guy, um, but his you know he essentially puts a suit on that uh, makes him look like a, a kaiju, a, a Godzilla character. Okay, now so there was no brother. There's no Tadashi. No, no okay. Tadashi. Uh, so but they couldn't use Silver Samurai or Sunfire because Fox owns them. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I don't think they'd really fit into this story anyway. Well, maybe make Silver Samurai the bad guy. But yeah, I, I, I think this is at the time when Fox owned everything. And there was like, oh, well, now that like, Disney owns Fox, doesn't matter. It, does it? Does it? Nope. <laughs> I think Silver Samurai makes an appearance in one of the later Wolverine movies. It might just be. Is that the one where he's in Japan? Yes. I've not. I, it, what's funny is I remember some stuff for that movie, but like I have blocked out yeah. that movie. I, not, I remember when he fights the big metal guy, right? Is when, that that might have been is that their him? interpretation? I don't remember. I, I, I same thing. Well, I remember Wolverine's walking through the town and they keep shooting him with grapple hooks or something, and then like they, they're holding him and he's just they keep trying oh, to walk. Yeah. Yeah, that kind yep. of thing. I remember that. Yeah, that's about it, though. <laughs> yeah, I saw that movie come out, and just like the last couple ones have not been good. And then every you know, yeah, then none of the old man Wolverine came out or whatever. Or Logan, came Logan out. old man Wolverine. Well, it was called. It's based on a comic, Old Man Logan. Oh, okay, That's okay. Why All right, I said it, but yeah. so Fred's original power in the comic, and this is the T.J. Miller character, the goofball, uh, rich kid, was in the movie. Hero builds him a suit that breathes fire. Yes. In the comic, he actually had the ability to cha- transform into a huge monster. Yeah, and I, I and this is where so 
as far as I can tell, Fred was introduced in the 2008 kind of revitalization of the the characters, the one that I was showing you the comics right. for earlier. They introduced Fred and they introduced Wasabi. Wasabi is very similar. He could throw, you know, energy daggers. So, you know, that's the same thing. He was a, um, not a hibachi chef, but like a, a, a sushi chef. Okay. So he was able to use him. Uh, he but, wasn't, you mean he, he didn't make the onion uh, volcano? He did not make the onion oh, volcano. Okay. But with Fred, and this is where I was a little confused, and maybe it was just with the art, with the comics, it looked to me where he could project this image of like a kaiju monster, and he didn't necessarily turn into it. So, right. But yes, uh, to your point, it's, it, he doesn't wear a suit. It's either him or like a mental projection of, mm-hmm. of the monster itself. Right, right. Well, staying with Fred, uh, I guess they had two like callbacks to comic villains in his room or, or comic... I don't know comic characters. They had, they had a uh, there's two mannequins in his room. That, uh, one of Orca, mm-hmm. I guess, who was the Submariner, right? Submariner. What is Submariner. It? Submariner. Uh, Namor the Submariners. And then Black Talon. Talon. Yeah. Do, do you know of those? No. And, <laughs> and the reason I don't, I, I looked them up when you because I'm me about an adult, murder. Mike. <laughs> I, uh, so Orca has the power of an Orca whale. I figured it had something to do yeah. with that. Uh, they're spelled with a K. There's a couple other, oddly enough, there's a bunch, there's like a handful of villains with Orca whale powers. Really? Whether nice. it's in Marvel or DC. Um, Can they jump over uh, the, the the barrier between the bay and the ocean like in uh, Free Willy? I think they could do a little <laughs> bit more than that, but you know that was the only thing that was separating that one whale from freedom. Um, <laughs> yes. But these characters were like, they're so obscure. They okay. barely make an appearance ever again. And, and they were most notably found in like 70s comics. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, as far as I could tell, they, they, they haven't made an appearance since. And I think this is just somebody on the staff who was really in love with Marvel Comics. Okay. Like, these characters are never going to be used in a MCU movie ever. Would the, does the name Torpedo ring a bell to you no okay because there's a statue of a tor- of torpedo in fred's room as well and that's supposed to be a daredevil villain hmm. you don't know that either i see welcome to the big hero six or stumping pat so, so while we're on the topic of villains there were going to be more villains in this movie and i'm going to list them off and i don't know if these people are they made them up or these villains are from the comics or whatever so they had the fujitas mr sparkles and the bonsai bombers None of those are in the comics. I don't think so. See, this movie is a lot of just we're going to do whatever we want. And I'm okay with that. That's like fine. I like that they were willing to. And I think the Bonsai Bombers, um, looking them up earlier too, they might make an appearance in the animated show. Oh, okay. Well, so they may have taken that concept and just said, let's, you know, we got these characters. Let's shift them off to the show. Yeah, that, that um, makes sense. Yeah, but no, as, 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 you know, as far as I can tell, I, I don't see. I don't know of those characters in the comics. Uh, this one was, you know, like we pointed out with the last three. Somebody just went back into the annals of the, the comics and was like, these characters are never going to be adapted. Let's put a nice Easter egg in here. <laughs> um, and and I, I, if I'm wrong and, and they make that Namor movie and they put in Orca, so be it. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, I think it's just more of a, let's let's see how many Easter eggs we could pump in there. And let's have fun because we have to animate it and, and just make it look cool. Makes sense. And it adds to Fred's kind of obsession with superheroes that he has these like, because they, they are superhero looking costumes. They're a little absurd. 
they're really unrecognizable to the the regular viewer. And they're they're not none of the costumes really are comic related, right? They're right. all just okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, I mean, this is a straight up kids film and that's fine. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It, it does take place in the MCU, but I think we're all assuming it takes place in some kind of other earth. What's the earth that this MCU universe is on? Six, six, one, six, six, one, six. Okay. So this is probably on six, one, five. <laughs> Doesn't work that way, but okay. But listen, well, what does it work like? Tell me. Oh, it just random numbers. So then I made a random number. Six, one, five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So obviously this is in an alternate universe and maybe Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will be in this one at some point as well. <laughs> I'm referring to the Spider-Man stuff. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's it. I, I mean, wanted I, to, you want to add anything else? Yeah, I'm I done. did. Just I'm because, done talking about Big Hero 6. you know, this was a weird one because it's their only animated Marvel movie. And there was supposed to be a handful of other ones. And one of them. Well, I mean, if, however long this pandemic keeps going, maybe there'll be more. I know. They should just start making them now. Um, Agreed. But uh, to give you some background, and, and you know, I, I looked up the director on this one. You know, there's not much of the comic books. So he just came out and said, you know, I like the name and decided to develop a film around the name. So he didn't really do anything with it. Um, you know, I think this is one of those things that fans were worried about what happened to Marvel once Disney took over is it would just be like Kitty Fair. Right. All the time. But clearly this is this is a lot of beats for adults to enjoy as well. You know, it is a film targeted as kid, at kids. We know yeah. that. Um, Why would fans of Marvel be worried about what Disney going to do? It, Marvel is like pretty much they thought they were going to turn them all into like pg kind of high school music i think pg-13 is the new pg from the 80s oh absolutely I mean, like, yeah. let's let's be real they should be um, worried about what dizzy's doing in star wars right and so in addition to this film there was talks they were going to get another film and that was the power pack which i think we had we had mentioned in a previous episode it's um a group of preteen superheroes their last name being power they all have different superpowers and um they hang out with Franklin Richards, the son of Reed and, and Sue Richards of the Fantastic Four. Nice. And so there was there was there was a '90s live action show with that, but it was kind of bad. <laughs> um, okay. But there was a lot of like. Is that like the Thundermans? I've watched that. On, I don't know. Thundermans. That's on Nickelodeon. Probably. That's a family. It's it's not good. It's for kids. Probably. It's not. It's for kids. Um, but the Power Pack show never never materialized. There were rumors. There was talks that it was coming. And just never came up. Never yep. came up. Um, but then, then we got this one, and I think this is, you know, ha- not having any real comic ties other than the name and, and a handful of like superpowers. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and and things like that. I think this is a really good adaptation. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good kids movie, and obviously, it's uh, has, ac- has the accolade of the best animated feature mm-hmm. of the year, so it, it's well worth it. I just imagine the big big board. Uh, the big board at uh Marvel uh headquarters and they've got all their MCU movies in one section and then to the left there's like a couple there's like alternate universe and it's probably over there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh and I wanted to add one other thing because we talked about the comics that there's not a lot of them. Yeah. And if you want a comic that's very similar to this movie, you're not gonna find it. Um uh, not published by Marvel anyway. So Marvel sold the licensing rights to a publisher called IDW. IDW uh, has licensing rights for G.I. Joe, Transformers, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Really good, really great Ninja Turtles series. But that's not the show we're doing right now. <laughs> this is, it, they have only released one issue so far, but it's Big Hero 6, the series. So it's based on the characters and designs of this movie and the animated show. If that's, the, if, if that's what you want to check out, that's really the only recommended reading I could give you. 
you know, go give Paul and Infinite Heroes a call, <laughs> put it on your pull list and and follow it on a monthly basis. But that's the other ones are just these limited series that are not the same. Yeah. Not the same thing. Gotcha. All right. Sounds good. That's well, uh, all right. So we will return next week with we're going to be jumping back into our. Oh, I don't know. Our our, doing... our, our big fi- no, I know, but I'm trying to figure like what are the, these are bonus episodes and those are what the main episodes. Yeah. Just trying to give it a name for it. All right, so yeah, do that. So we return next week. We'll actually be talking with Paul Santos. We recorded that at Infinite Heroes, so we were actually on location for that shoot. So that was uh, that was fun. We had a good time, and it's a, it's going to be a longer episode, FYI. So because uh, you know we get into a lot of the stuff with Paul's work and. Uh, just like the comic world and, and just everything around Civil War. And, and just, you know, this is the first episode where I actually read the comic before going in. Yes. So I had, right. so there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of me knowing stuff already and, and seeing the differences. So it's a little bit of a take, but that's, that's the only time we did that. Uh, so that's next week, Captain America Civil War. Thanks for listening to our bonus episode about Big Hero 6. Uh, Pat, you got anything to add? Thank you. And, and as always, um, if you like this podcast, rate us wherever you're listening, subscribe, and share with your friends. All right. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Take care.